Hello and welcome to another episode of Despite the Challenges, a show where we showcase people who not only with their own impeding circumstances and challenges, they turn around their own lives, but they inspire others in many ways. Today, my guest is a young man who had multiple disabilities, was diagnosed with uh, grand mal seizures, speech delays, cerebral palsy and fees, and was ruled out at first uh, with Asperger syndrome, and later on uh, there were another challenges, that, uh, medical challenges that he had. Uh, despite that, this young man has an amazing talent and have created enormous artwork, sketchbooks. I have him here today, and we would like to hear more directly from Kino. Kino Hale is my guest with his mother, Jennifer Grant. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you, Kino. Thank you for having us. Thank you, hi. Jennifer, so tell me a little bit more about uh, when you found out the little boy is something is not wrong, something is not right with him, and uh, the journey onwards. Well, it happened when um, Kino was born. We never knew he was born with seizure disorders. Um, I almost died at birth having him, and he almost died as well. Um, I was pushing for 10 hours, and um, his due date was March 10th. He didn't come till the 19th, and he had to induce it. But with that, um, my um, my son's head was getting swollen and everything. So I'm really not sure what happened, mm -hmm. you know, um, but that probably caused some of the, you know, problems that he has now um, because his head was swollen and we had to do an emergency C-section. Um, I didn't find out till six months that he was having seizure disorders because every okay. time I went to the doctor, they said it was colic. Mm -hmm. So they misdiagnosed it as mm -hmm. colic. Mm -hmm. um, and it was to a point where he almost lost his life at six months because the doctors said it was colic and it, and it was too strong of, um, how can I say it, the wavelengths were so strong, they mm -hmm. said, that he it could have took his life mm -hmm. at six months. And that's when I found out he had seizure For disorders. So the colic is far away from everything else. Yes, it was so I, far away. A lot I kept of babies are colic. Yes. I remember my two babies being colic, and it's not what it's, uh, uh, what he has. So that's a f too far uh, off of the actual diagnosis. So once, uh, what took What uh, took place? Place. Um, well, after we found out he had seizures, and then I started noticing that he was walking on his toes. Um, mm -hmm. So that's when they found out that he had um, cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy in his, his feet. feet. They called it spastic gait. Okay. Then, um, as time went on, I noticed Kino, little cousins that was born after him, were mm -hmm. speaking mm -hmm. before him. So Kino didn't really start speaking until five years old. Okay. He would just do a lot of pointing mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so um, I really think around three years old, because he was in early intervention, mm -hmm. um, we found out that he was um, delayed speech, delayed okay. um, occupational, mm -hmm. and um, he had occupational therapy. Mm -hmm. He had um, speech therapy, physical therapy. Mm -hmm. So he was delayed in all areas. All uh, motor skills. Yes, motor skills. And he went to um, early intervention mm -hmm. at the age of three. 
but he started doodling at two. At 18 months, yes. My goodness. It was a um, local contest I, mm -hmm. I used to live in um, Atlanta. It was mm -hmm. a place called Treehouse mm -hmm. Apartments. Mm -hmm. And for the age group, Kino won his first art contest for keeping the color inside the pumpkin. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm sure they must have. I still have the little, uh, <laughs> little pumpkin. Little, little postcard. No, the pumpkin. <laughs> we lost the pumpkin a few okay. years ago, but yeah, I held on to it. So, I'm sure that's a very precious yes. postcard. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. <laughs> yes, so I had an opportunity to see Kino's gallery, and as we see, that scarecrow family. It's an Aquino's uh, it's, um, uh, creation. And uh, uh, the life in this suburb, that's the series that you write. Yes, uh, this is the story yes. that you have made up as uh, mm. your creation. And I am amazed to see all the artwork in your art gallery. And we'll be showing pictures to our audience, which you have created. Uh, but I want to hear a little bit more about you. So what can you tell us? When do you remember, what do you remember going back in your childhood? Uh, that you got so interested in creating these cartoons? Um, mostly I remember all the, mostly uh, all the, um, at first all the trouble I used to get into for writing inside, uh, I used to write inside books mm -hmm. when I wasn't supposed to like uh, mom's personal books and such. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she bought me, you know, tons of paper and okay. notebooks so I can write Mm -hmm. all my um, thoughts and ideas down on okay. there. And mostly uh, I started doodling a lot at school, on the mm -hmm. bus, mm -hmm. inside the bed. Mm -hmm. And mostly I, I always uh, have a, a great imagination that when I watch cartoons, I kind of like take those ideas and make it into my own. Okay. I, I didn't, my Creativity wasn't full yet, so I use other characters like Thomas the Tank Engine or SpongeBob mm -hmm. and make stories out of them. Mm -hmm. You know, having adventures and such. Yes, I've seen uh, your artwork has been uh, uh, displayed at the Princeton Gallery, mm -hmm. Princeton, Univers Princeton University, and some area businesses as well. And uh, amazingly, that uh, you have. Uh, so many, so many of these sketches with so many different stories, and I think what stands out for you is that this this book is the series of the cartoons that you do, right? Yes. Life in the Suburbs. This is Timmy and the Stitch Crows. So, Kino, let me remember, and, and this is a story about the Stitch Crows in a suburb. Yes. A, a family. Uh, mom, dad, brother, and a sister, and they happened to adopt a human boy who was dropped off in the field. Did I get that right? Yeah. <laughs> at the door. At the door. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's the picture of mom, dad, stitch clothes, and mean older sister. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the younger brother. Yes. And then adopted human boy. So tell me a little bit more about this story. Uh, where did this story start? And I, I think you have more of the book series, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm let's let's start about this family and uh, how this family come into place and what the story is. What do they do? Um, of course, just. Uh, 
except being scarecrows <laughs> or stitch crows. <laughs> well, um, basically, in my story, it started mm. out with uh, burlap and cotton, okay. just the two of them, and they uh, and they lived at this uh, barn in the middle of nowhere. Okay, where they just scare crows all uh -huh. the time, and mostly uh, uh, the family kind of gotten, you know, used to it until mm -hmm. Timmy came into their lives when he was uh, born. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, they just found him on the doorstep near the barn, and mm -hmm. they decided to take him in and make, you know, make him one of their own. Mm -hmm. Just like in the story Tarzan, but kind of different. Okay. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah. And when he got older, he adapted to their ways. Of the Stitch Girl families. Yes, and mm -hmm. and he he's mostly comfortable around his uh, Stitch Crow family, especially with his mm -hmm. uh, stepbrother Jinko. Okay, and uh, adopted brother Jinko. Uh huh. And uh, what keeps them busy all day? Um, mostly, Timmy helps out with the basics like uh, scaring off crows, mm -hmm. because you know the crows always come to eat the crops. Okay. And he helps by, you know, scaring away and he does it, you know, with you know, tools because he's not very much scary compared to the others. I see. I see. What other characters you like to uh, draw or think about that you want to create stories just like you have these books? Well, um, mostly I started out with this uh, series called The Wild Pets. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't worked on them in quite a while, but uh, mm -hmm. it's about this 10-year-old um, boy named Eric Kinzel. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to have a pet. It's just a simple story of a boy who wanted to have a pet. Mm -hmm. And then he runs into this uh, um, bunch of circus animals who try to find a home mm -hmm. and he takes them in and hides, hides them away in his house where his parents uh, mostly finds them in the end and they decide to have uh, this uh, big family of wild animals to take mm -hmm. in. Okay. I see, I see. So uh, with all those uh, different uh, types of uh, cartoon characters that you have created and uh, turned them into uh, fabulous stories and sketches, where do you get this inspiration to continue that story? Do you go to any kind of training school for that or it started in your mind and you just kind of build up on the story? Uh, yeah, believe it or not, uh, mostly I watch a lot of television and a lot of <laughs> cartoons, so it basically comes from there. I'm not trying to steal anything. That's mm -hmm. the last thing I want, but uh, I mostly just try to figure out, like, what do I want out of, you know, a story? Like, uh -huh. I want a story filled with good characters, a good uh, mm -hmm. story to keep things interesting every mm -hmm. time I make one, mm -hmm. you know, so I could, um, you know, know more about the characters in their world. Mm -hmm. So I tried to make something like that and sur really surprise people when they look at it, mm -hmm. like making a cool 
one-of-a-kind book like Harry Potter or, or mm -hmm. uh, the Gruffalo. Yes, yeah, so you have a large library of books like this, and I want to share some of your sketches uh, with uh, my audience. Uh, this is, you can't the see harpy the harpy and the, and the mermaid. So I want to make sure that, you know, I'll flip few pages for our audience to take a look at it. And maybe you want to talk about it <laughs> a little bit if there's any special character that's uh, um, really stands out in your stories. Um, and these are the kind of really um, books that you had been creating. Yeah. Huh? And you have uh, dozens of them. Over, over dozens. Over How many years it took to create all this? So when did you start creating these? Um, books. I think it was the eighth grade. The eighth grade, I started yeah. buying the um, books because he uh -huh. was put on TV in Virginia. Uh -huh. I moved to Virginia in seventh grade, in his in his seventh grade year for okay. eight months. Okay. And we put him on TV because all the books that he he drew on, and he was illustrating other cartoon characters. Mm -hmm. I threw those all out, and once they put him on TV because he would never ever draw his own cartoon characters. We, we would always tell him, me, his art teacher, Miss Hinneborn, his first mm -hmm. art teacher, would always try to get him to make his own characters. So one day he listened but never told me. And so the first day we, we go to the school and the principal walks up to me. He said, can I please um, have a 15-minute segment only on him and his artwork? <laughs> and I said, Kino? I said, he doesn't even draw his own characters yet. He said, no, he's good. I said, okay. So when I went to the sitting, I'm looking at all these characters. I said, who are these characters? And it was his own. He said, mommy, see, you thought I wasn't listening. So <laughs> he started. In he started grade, this. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Eighth grade, really, like, making his own. Mm -hmm. Well, really, really before that, before I, he probably could tell you more. Because he didn't tell me. I know so in I elementary know. you mentioned, and I saw those videos, in elementary school the teachers, they couldn't keep up with him and with the rest of the class. Yes. He was much ahead of the class. Yes. So, you know, what did you want to do when you were in school? Did you think of becoming an artist or is this something that you just liked it and you just did it? Yeah, mostly back then. It was mostly just simple for me. I, I just did it for fun. Uh, mm -hmm. I did it uh, because like, I made these characters and I could do anything with them and I mm -hmm. just wanted to uh, draw mm -hmm. them with my own event and my own type of adventures I like. And basically now that I had these characters of my own, I could uh, draw them in any kind of place. I know I saw some videos uh, that you have uh, and the, what your teachers have said. What did other classmates say to you when you would just outpace them? Ooh, they, they were very captivated by it. Um, mm -hmm. Mostly they stand and stared around me and mostly I didn't say anything <laughs> because I didn't want to, you know, mm -hmm. be mean. So I just uh, keep drawing and, and they always asking, could you draw me, or can you draw a you know, cartoon version of me, uh -huh. or, or can you draw SpongeBob, or can you draw uh, Shrek or Thomas? 
So they were yeah. captivated, fascinated, and they found an artist to yeah. draw their cartoon picture. So, and they didn't care about their test, class test. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, at that time, did you, what, uh, did you want to become an artist and go in that area? Or what did you feel? What did you think would, uh, you know, you're, you're captivating other people. Uh, huh. You have certain challenges that you can't do what everybody else can do. Um, mm. How difficult it was for you to emotionally manage that for yourself? Um, uh, well, manage uh, with your medical uh, challenges that you had, was it difficult for you to do things that you wanted to do because of your health? Uh, Mostly in school, uh, it was kind of clear to me that I, you know, didn't get a lot what uh, the other students were getting mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. Mostly, I kind of um, had this um, uh, disability a little bit, and mm -hmm. I didn't know at first. Mm -hmm. Mostly, I just thought it was just a normal part of me, mm -hmm. and I didn't know I was... Um, mentally different from the others. Mm -hmm. So I just ignored it, but mostly a lot of grown-ups were getting a little bit aggravated when I didn't pay attention or something. Okay. So, yeah. At that time, Jennifer, were you challenged in any way to how to explain it to him or to others? I mean, he's an amazing, talented young man uh, that started captivating people at the same time, his comprehension in other people's view wasn't the same. How did, how did that affect you and how to relate, how to explain that to him? It was, it was, it was very hard and I just did what I thought was best because I never knew he had autism hmm. until 10th grade. They ruled it out at five years old. Mm -hmm. So, he was misdiagnosed. He was misdiagnosed, but still, but I he's just, still continuing with a normal schooling, normal life. Yeah, it's it, yes. I know it's something a little different. He does have hidden disabilities. If people look at him, they can't tell that nothing is wrong with him. When he was when he had seizure disorders. They said he should have had Down syndrome. He should look like he was Down syndrome. That's why they kept mm -hmm. saying it was colic. There's no way that a baby could have the length that he was growing. Okay. His growing spurt. He didn't have any growing spurts where he was short and, and, and he didn't look Down syndrome. So it was kind of hard for them to even diagnose because that's that like that one percent. Okay. So even with him growing up now, a lot of people say, "Oh, nothing's wrong," but you know, you have hidden disabilities, and everybody on the Asperger scale is a, it's a very large range. Mm -hmm. um, but dealing with it when he was younger, it was very tough for me, and I just treated him as if I have to let him know how to deal with it, and it probably was not the right way okay. now that I look back. Okay. Because I would try to make him stronger by saying, this is what you should do, and this is how okay. it should be. Portion. And I never, because I never, I never knew. I, I how really to explain depths, that? And I never knew the depths of his disability. 
Okay. Because, to because me, of the diagnosis. Yes. Or the right diagnosis. Right, right. Okay. I didn't really, I um, didn't know he had. Um, and I know you mentioning uh, earlier that you wanted him to be stronger and, and be on his own. Yes, because I, I'm not promised tomorrow and God can come take him at any, I mean, come take me. I'm sorry. God can come take me at any time and I want to make sure that he can be able to mm -hmm. to survive out here because mom is not promised. So he's going to city, New York City, yes, and by was, himself. Yes. And uh, do you feel sometime that uh, there might be challenges for him on his own, being in his own? Anything stands out? Any? Yes. Um, it took me two years. Well, we had two years to try to get the school to say it was okay for Keno to go to School of Visual Arts mm -hmm. because they wanted to make sure that it was about a year and a half, I would say, that they wanted to make sure that he was ready. But I always took Keno to the city. I'm a bus driver. I'm always there, and I always take him with me. But I really got into it when I knew he chose the school. Mm -hmm. He got accepted at School of Visual Arts, and that's kind of big, especially him having some disabilities. Yes. And he can do it. So it's just that I wanted to make sure that he can travel the city. Mm -hmm. He'll know his way. So I started taking off. You know, I had to take FMLA, and it was to a point one day. It, they said, you can't, um, if you don't come in tomorrow, you're fired. So when they said that, I said, son, you have to go on your own. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, mommy can't go anymore because he would walk behind me and I'm showing him you have to look at the signs, look up, look at ABC, the subways, because he had to go all the way to 23rd Street and 2nd Avenue. Oh, wow. So that's he far. Has to take, yes, that's far from the Port Authority. Yes. So you have to transition and um, you have to take different subways and if the subway go down, you know, it's kind of crazy yes. over there. So yes. I said, you have to know what to do, you have to know how to come up and probably take the bus, take the bus down 42nd, take any, any um, bus that's going down towards mm -hmm. 2nd. So you have to know how the street flow. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did my best in showing him, and that night when I came home, it showed, because he was home. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have no phone, because the phone was going dead. He said, my the phone about to die, what way to go? I told him to go the wrong way and being so excited. Like, oh my gosh, take this way. And then I thought about it, I said, that's the wrong way. But when I got home and he was there, it was such a relief. And then he said, Ma, he said, I did it. Oh my goodness. He said, he had so much confident, confidence, he didn't need me anymore. He was good. Oh, I'm sure he needs you. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> we always need mom reason. in our life. <laughs> it, happen, it happens for a reason, but you know, yeah. I really, for a year and a half, uh -huh. made sure that. He was okay or try to familiarize you know mm -hmm. the way with with him because that's one of the things he had to learn the city and he has to know the city mm -hmm. and even with his fears of crowds I'm so proud of him because he overcame that fear he jumped on my back one time and everybody was looking because we was on the New Jersey transit train and it was so crowded because I think it was a game going on and everybody looked and I said it's okay you know and when we was in the city, he would always clinch to me. Um, so it's, it's so good to see him overcome, overcome all of these all fears because he wants to become an animator and he loves the School of Visual yes. Arts. Yes, so and I, I have so much to show to my audience, so much 
of his creations. And I know in our next show, we will be showing a lot of his artwork, etc. So I wanted to learn a little bit more about him so we can see the depth of his artwork that he has created, the story that he creates, and despite all the challenges that come up. You know, where people in their normal uh, behavior have a lot of blocks. Mm -hmm. And given that, when there are some health symptoms and known symptoms and uh, challenges, overcoming all that and still continuing to inspire others is such an amazing skill to have. And uh, Kino, I want to ask you, there is so much that you have already created. Mm. But what would you like to become, given that all that, uh, the, and, uh, the characters and the sketches and the stories uh, that you, you can uh, create their whole life story of your character books, etc. What would you like to do if you were given a choice out of few things? What stands out most for you? Well, uh, mostly I mostly like to be an animator. Mm -hmm. When I reach that goal, I like to either you know become an um, animator myself, have my own studio, or join another you know big time studio like Pixar, or Disney, or DreamWorks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, something where I could uh, feel like I can give it my all. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's great. I know you have your gallery at Princeton University at one time. You have displayed at many other places. Uh, we will be showing our audience a lot of pictures of your artwork in our next show as well. Um, anything else that you want to share with the audience today? Uh, what is your... Um, advice for them, for other children, or parents uh, who have children um, might have uh, similar challenges like you? I guess all I can say is like, uh, even if uh, those um, kids who feel a little different from others, mm -hmm. like uh, don't, don't feel that way, then mostly you are limited in some things, but you know, you're not limited in, into living out your dream because you know you can make it one day like I met a lot of people in my life a lot of people who you know who were either you know living in, you know mentally or you know didn't seem to have a chance and they all turned out well compared to others I met and and that's great, like, if they can make it, so can I. Great, great. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer and Kino, being thank on the show. You. I look thank forward you. to the next, uh, and can't wait to see more of your artwork. And for our viewers, the disabilities exist in our mind first. No matter the level of support our families, friends, and our loved ones can provide us, if we ourselves in our own heart feel limited than we are. A person who thinks he can't, he actually cannot. I hope you enjoyed today's uh, episode and thank you for being with us. Until next time, I am host Ritu Chopra. Thank you.